Well, good morning, Spirit Church. How we doing? Doing all right? If you would, let's go ahead and stand to our feet this morning. Let's stand to our feet. This is a very, very special day. It's Baptism Sunday. Are we excited for that? We'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute, but I think obviously baptism is a huge step for us as individuals, but I think there's also part of it that it's, a, it, it's, it's hugely beneficial for us as a church family in unity, celebrating with those who have chosen to follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. So this morning we're going to worship, but first, as we do each and every Sunday, we, we want to start this morning, we want to set the tone by saying and praying the Lord's Prayer together. Again, this is a prayer that we pray each week. This is how Jesus, in his word, taught us how to pray and really just acknowledging him first and foremost and giving him the glory. So let's pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can we give him praise this morning? Like I said, it's going to be a special morning. But let's start it out right. Let's worship this morning. Good morning, Spirit Church. We're glad to be in worship with you this morning. Can you help us out?
That song stays in my head every, every day for a few days after this service. It's such a good word. He's such an awesome God. Amen. Can we give him praise this morning? You call the sun to rise. down to rest you hold this heart of mine you hold my every breath such an awesome God so mighty so Such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous, so faithful you are. But God, even 
into this next song we'd like to invite the prayer team to come down to the front for those of you that have a need if you would be so bold to step out from your seats and come down the aisle and down to the front our team would love to meet with you and to pray with you and to agree with you So good to me, God, I can't believe. 
for a moment. God, you are good. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. God, we worship you this morning, God. Let your will be done in this place this morning. God, we, we acknowledge you, we worship you, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise this morning because you're, God, you're worthy of it all. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you've already begun doing in our hearts and our minds in this place this morning. We just pray, Lord, your will be done. We thank you, we praise you. Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give God praise this morning? Well, it's a special, special morning, like I said. Why don't you just for a moment turn, high-five someone, shake their hand, and have a seat, but we're not done just yet.
So like I said earlier this morning, we are baptizing some folks, and so it's super exciting. And so I wanted to read a quick scripture, and it's the Great Commission. It's Jesus uh, giving the Great Commission, and it's Matthew chapter 28, and he says, uh, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and everything, and, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so baptism is very, very special. Obviously, we don't believe that necessarily baptism is salvation. That's a choice. We say yes to Jesus, but baptism is saying, I am all in. I've given my heart to the Lord. I've chosen to follow him. I'm letting everyone know that that is the decision that I've made. And so we have, there's a couple responsibilities here. For the folks getting baptized, they're saying yes, and they're going through with this public declaration. But also for us, we have a job as well. We're here to celebrate with them. We're here to believe with them, to, to pray for them, to uplift them. That's what we do as a family. We're going to celebrate this morning. So I need your help. As folks get baptized today, I want you to celebrate. I want you to cheer and be excited, all right? All right, all right. So first up this morning is Lainey Gillum. Give it up for Lainey Gillum this morning. So I was thinking about Lainey. Um, she is the sweetest little thing in Kids Church, and what a legacy for this family. The grandparents are serving God, the parents are serving God, and now she has decided to follow Jesus too. So Lainey, you've asked Jesus in your heart, and this is just a public way of saying, I've asked Jesus in my heart, I'm going to be a follower, follower of him. Are you ready? So I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Awesome, awesome. Next up is Dorinda Sanders. Give it up for Dorinda this morning. Pastor Sherry said it so well when she was with Lainey. Go ahead and scoot forward just a little bit. This is just a public declaration of what Christ has done. And I even love what your shirt says. I have decided. That's a decision you've already made. You're just making a public declaration. So Dorinda, because of that, I baptize you today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Next up is Gavin Page. Give it up for Gavin this morning. Gavin, I'm very proud of you and the commitment that your family has made, not just following Jesus, but you guys have been so active and so involved and so Engage. And I know it's not just that you're showing up for church. It's evident that God is working in your hearts and in your lives. And so because you have accepted Christ as your Savior and you have now declaring this to our church family and to the world today, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Proud of you. Awesome. Next up is Candace Page. Give it up for Candace this morning. And by chance, do you know that guy that I just baptized? Just a little bit. Isn't it awesome when God does a work in a family? Come on, this is so great. So just as I said to Gavin, and he's standing right here watching you, it's just so powerful. This happened for you on the same day. It's true. It, it's truly evident that God is working in your hearts and in your lives, and he's transforming not just your present, but your future for your kids. Sorry, I threw water at you, didn't I? Your kids, all that is to come, God's doing a great work. So because of your declaration of faith, I baptize you today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Proud of you. Awesome.
Awesome. And last but certainly not least is Trish Palmer. Give it up for Trish this morning. Trish is hiding out in the back, so keep clapping because she's coming. There you go. And fill some time while she comes down here. And we have Pastor Grant, we have several in the, sec, in the 11 a.m. worship experience. How many are being baptized in that one? Around five more people being baptized. So what a special day seeing people say yes to Jesus. Well, they've already said yes to Jesus, but going public with their declaration of faith. It's not cold at all. We try to keep it warm. Yeah, that would encourage more people to get baptized if the water's warm. No. Forgive me for teasing. This is a very important moment for you because as I told uh, them, the work that God is doing in your life is evident. You can see it in your smile. You're here all the time. You're connected. You're engaged. But more than just you're showing up for church, it's obvious that God has been working in you. And the Bible says that he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. And I just want to speak this over you as your pastor. The best is yet to come. God's not done working in you. This is just a starting, a, like a launching point for you and for the ministry that he has for you and the way he's going to use you. So because you have professed Jesus as Lord, I baptize you today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Let's give all our baptism folks one more big hand this morning. So, so cool. If you would, please turn your attention. We have a few announcements for you this morning. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Colin, and we're so glad that you joined us for worship today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family, and we'd love to connect. If you're here in person, you can scan this QR code to fill out this Connect card or your new guest card. If you're joining us online, you can fill it out at spirit.church/connect or spirit.church/guest. This is a great way for you to let us know that you're here and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center after this experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, don't feel any pressure to give. But if you want to give, here's three ways that you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it off in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online at spirit.church give, or you can use our church center app. Spirit Church, thanks for being so generous so that we can reach the least, the last, and the lost. Now I have some announcements for you. Next Sunday, February 18th, is your last opportunity to bless Grant and Gabby Browning before their baby girl arrives. If you would like to bring a gift for them, please bring it out to the info table in the commons. Kids first through fifth grade are invited to join us for Spirit Kids Nerf Wars on Friday, February 23rd from 7 to 8 p.m. Bullets will be provided, but each child must bring their own Nerf gun compatible with Elite Bullets to participate. Parents are welcome and encouraged to join the fun for this Parents vs. Kids War. Spirit Youth's Big Game Watch Party is tonight. The doors open at 5 and the game starts at 5.30. We'll be watching on the big screen. We'll have free pizza for everyone, so come and join the fun. Spirit Church, thanks for listening. Now get out your message notes as Lead Pastor Jason Fullerton begins our new message series, Better Together. Let's welcome everybody watching online this morning. So glad to have those of you with us. Come on, we can give a good applause for them. Yeah, great to have you here. What a great day to celebrate. Thanks for being with us. Today is the second Sunday of February, which means, gentlemen, it's almost Valentine's Day. Consider this your pastoral reminder that Valentine's Day is coming this week. Ladies, don't be mad at me if they forgot. I tried. 
It also means that the second Sunday of each month, I try to give what we call a spirit church update. Just gives you some information about what's happening at the church and keeps us all connected. So the mission of spirit church is always to share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ with the least, the last, and the lost. And I want to talk to you about some of the ways that we have done that in the month of January. We're kind of recapping January this morning. Probably our number one highlight from January was our prayer conference. I don't know if you remember that because it was right at the start, but I want to show you a video. It's, it's this way instead of this way because it was made for an iPhone, but here you can see and remember some of the good times that we had together. We're a church that's 100 years old. We were founded on prayer. We still uh, depend on and rely on and believe on the power of prayer. So let's not let the prayer conference just be a singular experience. Let's keep praying as a church family and keep believing God for great things. Another highlight that didn't happen in January, but it did happen just this week, and I wanted to announce it to our entire staff or our entire church family, is that Grant Browning and Danny Wadsworth from our staff received their ministry license through the Assemblies of God. So now they are ministers with our fellowship. Very, very proud of them. And it was a great opportunity for us to celebrate together. The number one most important event coming up that I want to remind you about is what we call Compassion Week. It's the time between Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday. It's known as Passion Week when Jesus suffered for us. We're calling it Compassion Week because we're trying to love our community well during that time. So on Palm Sunday this year, we'll have 700 bags of groceries in the commons available for you to be led of the Spirit, to direct, and to give those to the people that God places on your heart. Each bag will have an invitation to be a part of our Easter worship experiences. So we know that God's probably already talking to you about who you can share that bag of grocery with, but we just want to equip and empower you to share love, joy, and peace that way. Throughout that week, that Monday through Friday of that week, we're going to be visiting our local schools. We're going to be trying to bless our educators, sharing love, joy, and peace through donuts. That's a good way to share love, joy, and peace right there. And then on Saturday, the day before Easter, we have partnered with our friends at Agape, and we're going to have an outreach on the west side of town over at Agape that day. We're going to be feeding people. We're bringing in an evangelist. We're going to have a revival service there. And so just a really exciting week for our church family, which leads us to Easter Sunday. I know it's hard to believe, but it's March 31st this year that it's coming. And so I need to let you know, last year we were packed out, so we've added a Saturday worship experience this year 6 p.m. on Saturday we'll have a worship experience it will have dinner before it it's the only one that will have dinner before it because the other three are our normal Sunday morning times 8 a.m. 9 30 a.m. and 11 a.m. so four worship experiences they're all identical but we want to get on your calendar for that and then before we get into the word let me show you some big highlights from the month of January your missions giving in January was over fifteen thousand dollars and before you clap and shout I want to tell you that a thousand of those dollars were from Pastor Sherry and our kids that they gave in kids ministry, about a thousand dollars of that. So way to go, Pastor Sherry and our kids. Your home giving to our new building campaign was uh, almost $14,000. In fact, I needed like eight bucks and we would have been at 14. If they would have told me, I would have given eight more dollars so that we could have got there, but almost 14,000. But then look at the last one. 32 people said yes to Jesus in the month of January. And that's the best news that I could share with you. One of the things, as you know, that God has laid upon our hearts as a church family in this, our 100th year of existence, is that we should not be the ones receiving the gifts, we should be giving the gifts. And so we're going to receive an offering this morning. Once a month on the second Sunday, we're taking what we call a not about us offering, and we're sending money to bless someone somewhere else that is planting a church or building a church or pastoring a church. So today, our Not About Us offering is going to benefit Ireland. Pastor Gary and Wilma were here with us last week, and let's go ahead and put up that map of Ireland. You can see that nation there, that island nation, um, and we're going to bless them today. When I was there in November, 
I got to visit a community called Crumlin. Crumlin is right near the heart of Dublin. It's a suburb of about 80,000 people. And I want to show you the building that Hope Center Church in Crumlin now has. Um, they have the lease on it. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. But you can see the footage of this 18th century, the old St. Mary's Church that is there. This building has been leased to the Hope Center Church. The pastors are Brian and Ann Kelly. I got to visit with him on the phone this week. I got to meet him while I was in Ireland. No one on their church staff takes a dime. They're all volunteers. They have other jobs that they do, but they feel compelled to reach their community. They were saved in St. Mark's Church in Dublin under the ministry of Pastor Gary that was here last week. After being in that church about 15 years, God led them to Crumlin where they planted a church and they've been meeting in office space, they've been meeting in their home, and then God has opened the door for them to have this building. They have a 100-year lease on the building for 100 euro a year. It's a steal, but look at the inside of it. It needs so much work to be done on it. And that's where we get to come in and we get to be a part. I got to climb the uh, clock, uh, the watchtower on the outside of the building. You can see it there. It's believed that that was built in the 11th century during the, the medieval period. And, and uh, it was built there because to the west you can see the hills and to the east you can see the ocean. And so back in those days you could have had a real strategic vantage point to know if you were under attack. Here's what I believe is that God has positioned this church strategically today, but not from attack, but to be a light into their community. Here's what's cool about this, and I want to show you a photo of Pastor Brian and myself standing. I'm scared of heights, so the miracle is that I'm on top of this tower, and they built them differently back then, right? But here's what's happening. Woodlake Church, our friends, you guys know Pastor Jamie. He spoke at our prayer conference. They are sending a team at the end of this month with an offering. We're taking an offering today. We're going to put our money with their money. The team's going to be there. And our, our prayer, and Pastor Brian's pretty convinced, that on Easter Sunday, March 31st, they will have service in this historic building, and that will be their new church home. I mean, come on, this is awesome. And so, ushers, if you would begin to come down front. The ushers have available offering envelopes. If you would like an offering envelope, you can raise your hand. They're going to pass buckets in a moment, and everything that is placed in the bucket right now is going to go specifically to this church. We're going to send the money to Pastor Gary Davidson, and he's got a way to get that money over to Ireland for us. If you are a, a not cash person, which we did a thing Friday night, uh, our married couples event, and we said, how much cash at the table? And I was at a table with our staff, and our staff table had $51, and I had all $51 of the cash in my wallet. So... I get it. There are some not cash people. Um, you can join and you can do it online. In fact, I'll just pull mine up right now with you. If you go to the Church Center app or if you go to spirit.church slash give, you can go right there and you can type in the amount that you would like to give. And then the next screen will be the drop down. And the second drop down today is called Not About Us. And so you can, you can contribute to that. And so again, all this money is going to Ireland. This is something we're going to do on the second Sunday of every month is bless a church that is not connected to us necessarily, but that needs our help and that we can use the blessings that God has given us. We can be like, a, like an irrigation pipe and we can funnel that to them. So Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we have the opportunity to give. What a privilege to be a part of your kingdom and to sow seed in good soil. Thank you for Pastor Brian and Ann Kelly. Thank you for Hope Center Church in Dublin, Ireland, and the, the suburb of Crumlin, and the work that they are doing. Thank you that you've blessed us, and we in turn get to be a blessing to them. I'm so excited to partner with them and to see the work that you're doing there in Ireland. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ushers, thank you so much for your help, and church family, thank you for your giving. We did this in January to help Israel, and I've got a report. Because of your giving, we were able to send $7,500 to bless a church in Israel. And what they did is they blessed people in the church who hadn't been able to take care of themselves. Many of those in the church had been drafted, if you will, called up into the army. And so they had refrigerators that were empty because they couldn't work and they couldn't take care of themselves. And so your giving had a direct impact on lives in Israel. And I thank you so much for doing that. All right, on to the message this morning. New sermon series that is called Better Together Spirit-Led Relationships. What we find in our lives is that if our first priority is our relationship with the Lord, all our other relationships will be in health. 
if we prioritize Jesus. The problem is sometimes we get out of sync because we don't let the Holy Spirit influence us and guide us in the way we want to. And let me show you this biblically. It's our In the Vault text, and I'm going to invite you to stand with me if you would as we dive into this. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. Of course, everything we teach and we believe comes straight from the Word of God. And so we're going to start with the word this morning. We believe in placing it in the vault of our hearts. So for the next three weeks, this will be the verse that kind of guides and directs our thinking. If it's okay, I'm going to read the first part. And then when I give you the sign, I need you to be the 930 rowdy crowd and read it loud with me. It's going to come when I get to that word, though one may be overpowered. That's the time when you're going to get the sign and you're going to help me out. Here we go. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Here we go. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Lord Jesus, thank you for the power of your word. It challenges us and it changes us and it makes us more like you. Today, would we not hear from a pastor or a communicator? Would we hear from the Holy Spirit? That's our desire. Speak to our hearts. Make us more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. In this verse, we keep hearing about two. Two are better than one. And if one falls down, another can help them up. And if two lie down together, they can keep warm. And then all of a sudden, we go from two to three. And the question in our minds is, how do you go from two to three? And the answer is the presence and the activity of the Holy Spirit. And as we study this month, we're going to do something we've done before. We're going to look at couples in the Bible, but this year we're going to look at couples in the Bible who blew it. Now, we can and we should look at good relationships in the Bible, and there's plenty of them. But we can also look and learn from the couples biblically who blew it. So today I want to introduce you to some interesting biblical characters, Ahab and Jezebel. You may have been familiar with the name Jezebel. You may have referred to someone as a Jezebel before, but you might not know the reason why or much about them. Here's some quick background. Ahab was the king of the northern kingdom of Israel during a time of much evil, and he married a Sidonian woman named Jezebel. That's important because Sidonians were influential. They were wealthy, but most importantly for our study, they were polytheistic. Big word that means they worshipped many gods. In contrast to Israel, to us, to God's people, we worship the one true God, not many different gods, but one God alone. And we're going to look at the intersection, how when someone who worships God alone, or is supposed to worship God alone, marries someone who worships multiple gods, what happens? Look at 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse number 30. Here's the description of Ahab. Ahab, the son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight, even more than any of the kings before him. And as though it were not enough to follow the simple example of Jeroboam, he married Jezebel, the daughter of King Ethbal of the Sidonians, and he began to bow down in worship of Baal. First, Ahab had built a temple and an altar for Baal in Samaria. Then he set up an Asherah pole. Asherah would be a goddess of fertility that was worshipped in those days. But then this last line, this is the one that just makes mom proud, right? When Write about your kid. He did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any of the other kings of Israel before him. Like, if you're going to go down in history, you know, the guy who struck out the most, the guy who missed the most free throws, the guy who made God more mad than anybody else is King Ahab. And today we're going to talk about the importance of influence, of spirit-led influence. Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development, the behavior of someone or something. In fact, the words influence and influencer are buzzwords tonight. And if you don't believe me, watch what happens tonight anytime number 87 makes a catch. Because everybody is into influences. So who were the influences in Ahab's life? Well, the passage outlines it for us. He was the son of Omri, Omri. He followed Jeroboam, and he was married to Jezebel. So what does the Bible tell us about Omri? 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 25. The father of Ahab... He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He did even more than any of the kings before him. He followed Jeroboam and all the sins he had committed. He led Israel to commit sin. The people provoked the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, with worthless idols. Not a very good influence in his life. 
The next influence in his life was Jeroboam. Jeroboam was a predecessor to King Ahab. Not a direct predecessor, but in the line. In 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 8, God says to Jeroboam, You've not been like my servant David, who obeyed my commands, who followed me with all his heart, and did what I wanted. You have done more evil than all who lived before me. You have made other gods for yourself. You have made me furious with your gold calves. Two bad influences in Ahab's life. And to top it off, he married Jezebel. What was Jezebel known for? Trying to kill God's people. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse number 4. Once Jezebel tried to kill all of the Lord's prophets, but Obadiah hit a hundred of them in caves. 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 1 and 2 after the showdown on Mount Carmel between Elijah and the prophets of Baal Ahab got home and he told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done including the way he killed the prophets of Baal so Jezebel sent a message to Elijah may the God strike me and kill me if by this time tomorrow I haven't killed you just as you have killed them 1 Kings chapter 21 verse 25 and 26 summarizing again Ahab's life No one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the Lord's sight as Ahab did. And I want you to see these next lines under the influence of his wife Jezebel. Who are you under the influence of? Who are you under the influence of today? Because it directs the direction of your life. We need the Holy Spirit's influence. He he determines who influences our lives. Because when we don't have the Holy Spirit's in the Holy Spirit in our lives, the influences in our lives determine our words and our actions and our decisions and our outlook and our worldview and our theology and our perspective. In other words, simply stated, we become like the people we surround ourselves with. Let me show you Proverbs chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools, get in trouble. Trouble chases sinners while blessings reward the righteous. A couple weeks ago as I was kind of finishing this message, Pastor Grant drove me to the hospital. I needed to be with Pastor Perkins near the end of his life. And and I was sharing this verse with Pastor Grant and he reminded me that there is an Oklahoma international version of the Bible And it translates this verse, lay down with the dogs and get fleas. I don't know if that's really true, but that's the way that he interpreted the verse. And so over Christmas break, I saw this kind of lived out. We were traveling, and so I downloaded an audio book called Courageous. Uh, Courageous is the story of a man named Adam Brown. He was a Navy SEAL. He grew up in Arkansas. He was like the best kid in his high school. Uh, Everybody loved him. He looked out for others. He cared about people. He was responsible and hardworking and diligent. In fact, one time there was a student in the high school that had special needs, and there were some bullies that were picking on him and making fun of him. And and Adam Brown got in front of the the other student and said, if you want to pick on somebody, you're welcome to pick on me, but you're going to leave my friend alone. He was just that kind of kid. He graduated high school and went to college to play football, and he was known as a hard worker who gave his best on every play, but the problem was he just wasn't big enough. He wasn't, the effort was there, but the size wasn't there to compensate and to be, and to be there, and so he ended up leaving school and going back and working for his father's electrical company. While he was working for his father, he met a girl. And the girl introduced him to drugs. Now let me just stop and say something, and I want to say this to everybody. I don't care how pretty she is. If she's not leading you to Jesus, turn and run. I don't care how good she kisses. If she's not leading you to Jesus, turn and run. Now to the ladies, I don't care how handsome or strapping or strong he looks. If he's not making you more like Jesus, turn and run. Turn and run, because one influence in Adam Brown's life, all of a sudden he found himself completely addicted and bound up by drug addiction. This kid who was known as the best kid in his high school found himself multiple times in jail. Thankfully, a pastor found him there and led him to the Lord. He entered a program called Teen Challenge. He began to turn his life around, but what he found out was that the the addiction of drugs was so strong that even though he would be doing good, all of a sudden, he would relapse for a period. And and, and in his recovery cycle, he was introduced to a different girl. 
to a girl who made him toe the line, to a girl who helped him to live more like Jesus, to a girl who helped him see who he could be. And it was once he met that girl, Kelly, that he decided, you know what, I've got to become a Navy SEAL. I've got to do something to put accountability and structure in my life to prevent me from relapsing again. He went on to be one of the best Navy SEALs. I don't have time to tell you of all his accolades and his accomplishments. I can tell you that he, he gave his life in defense of our nation in Afghanistan and is remembered as a hero, and people from the SEAL community still travel to Arkansas to pay their respects at his grave. But it was one bad relationship that led him away from the Lord. But thank God there was one good relationship that led him back to Jesus. Because the influences in our lives are so important. Who we surround ourselves with is so vital. And we have to keep our thought on this. With, with Adam, it was one girlfriend. Her name was Kelly, and she became his wife and made him more like Jesus. With Ahab, the king we've been studying this morning, he had all these negative influences. He had one good one, the prophet Elijah. And we'll talk more about this in a minute, but he, he tuned him out. He, he wouldn't listen. And before I give you some truths about influence, I want to talk to you about something that might be just a little more foundational than even influence. I want to talk to you about alignment. We've got to learn to check our alignment. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning or if you're following along in our, in our Church Center app, you might want to write down your alignment because let me show you this verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? It's so important who we are aligned with and how our alignment is before the Lord. You think about that term teaming up. That's an agricultural term, and they would put a yoke over oxen so that they would pull in the same direction. And what would happen is if the oxen would try to pull in different directions, they'd never go anywhere. But if they were pulling together, it was amazing how much could be accomplished. It's kind of like when you get in your car and you're driving and your alignment is right, you can be on a flat and a smooth road and you can take your hands off the wheel for a second and it will literally just drive itself. My grandfather taught me that whenever you're, whenever you're test driving a vehicle that you want to buy, get it on a road and take your hands off the wheel and if that thing starts pulling, take it back and don't buy it until that alignment is fixed or find something that has an alignment and even though Gramps is... Um, uh, you know, check for alignment is really good. There are even more profound ways to check our alignment. If you go to a shop, they're going to evaluate three different things. The first is what they call the camber of your tire. And the camber is the inward or outward angle of the tire when you view it from in front of the vehicle. The second thing they're going to view is the toe. The toe alignment is the way that your tires turn inward or outward when viewed from above, almost like looking down at your feet to see if they pronate inward or outward. And the third way they're going to look at your tire is the caster. The caster is the angle of your steering axis when it's viewed from the side of your vehicle. So when you take your vehicle in to get your alignment checked, they're going to look at it from the front, from above, and from the sides. How am I doing, Billy? Is that, I'm pretty good with it. This is so intimidating for me because I know nothing about cars, but I've, I've been practicing this part all week long. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to help us check our alignment because he sees from in front, he sees from above, he sees from the side. It's a 360 degree view of our alignment. Are we in alignment with the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit will direct us and he will guide us and, 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 and here's how alignment and influence play together because the Holy Spirit will show us sometimes that our alignment is off and here's what he's gonna tell us evaluate your influences. That's the second principle this morning. You might wanna write that one down as well. Evaluate your influences. Are my influences making me better and more like Jesus? Are, are, am I listening to the right voices? Am I following the right wisdom? Is it aligning with scripture? Is it glorifying God? Is it making me more like Jesus? Is it leading me closer to God and leading other people closer to God? He, here's, here's how alignment and, and influence play together. If I catch my alignment early, it's going to save me a ton of money. But if my alignment's wrong and my tires go bad, tires are really expensive. So I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to see my alignment, and then if the Holy Spirit points something out or directs something to my attention, I begin to evaluate my influences in my life. 
Last week when Pastor Gary was here, he talked about a friend of mine, Pastor Jamie Cochran in Ireland. And, and so you'll see this picture. There's Pastor Gary at the front of the table, and across is my friend Chris Dow, Pastor Chris from Christian Chapel. Next to him is Jamie and his wife Ludmilla. And you'll remember they worked together at McDonald's. He wanted to date her. She wouldn't date him because he wasn't a Christian. We gotta have values. We gotta have standards. We gotta evaluate the influences that are in our lives. Ahab, our character from this week he had an ungodly father he had ungodly predecessors he had an ungodly wife and then he had Elijah the prophet of God that he wouldn't listen to in fact in first Kings 18 Elijah tries to bring a message to Ahab Ahab looks out and sees Elijah and says is it really you troublemaker of Israel what if God's trying to put people in our lives to correct our alignment to be godly influences but when we see them we push them away as if they're troublemakers We've got to let the Holy Spirit direct us so that we know that we have the right influences in our lives. And let me tell you the best influence. This is number three. Welcome the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the best influence. Now, he's going to surround us with people, but he is the greatest influence in our lives. And here's why. Because he's always going to lead us to truth and tell us what God says. John chapter 16 is so clear on this. When the spirit of truth, this is Jesus talking to us. When the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring glory to me by telling you whatever he receives from me. Imagine, and I know this is going to take a huge imagination, but imagine if Ahab had welcomed the presence and the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so instead of it being written of Ahab, he was the worst king of all. He made God more mad than anyone else. What if the presence and the influence of the Holy Spirit, the presence and influence of Ahab, a godly man that was placed in his life, what if he had listened and tuned into that, corrected his alignment, and then it had been written, and then there came Ahab who turned it all around who brought reformation and restoration and led the people back to God, who destroyed the temples to Baal, who cut down the shrines and the poles to Asherah, who led God's people in repentance and confession and dedication. Influence. Who are you under the influence of? Who has influence in your lives? Is the Holy Spirit the greatest influence in your life? Pastor Darrell told me one time, he said, Jason, the voice of the Holy Spirit oftentimes sounds a lot like the voice of your wife. And it's true. It's true. But you know what? If I'm depending upon Robin to be the voice of God, I'm going to mess up. I have to have everything in alignment with the Lord first. All my other relationships flow out of that relationship. And when the Holy Spirit is my greatest influence, there's health in all of my other relationships. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Let, let me show you this. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. This is Paul He's writing to people who are trying to follow Jesus and not sure how to do it and how to live for the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. You might be feeling like this today. Man, I, I want to do good, and I try to do good, and I do for a while, and then it's all of a sudden I'm sucked back into the wrong direction. And I feel like I'm on the, the right path, and then something happens, and now I'm off the path again. It's because there is a cosmic spiritual battle that is going on for your soul. It's the sin nature versus the spirit nature. But Paul goes on to write to us in verse 24 of Galatians chapter 5 that those who belong to Christ Jesus, what do we do? We nail the passions and the desires of our sinful nature to his cross and we crucify them there. And then this last line. I know I've told you to do it several times, but write this down or take a photo or, or get this tattooed on your arm. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Jesus, you can have influence and direction in every part except the money. Because that's mine. I earn the money. You don't get to have access to it. Jesus, you can have access to every part of my life except my phone. Because that's mine and I have to have that phone. Jesus, you can have access to every part of me except for that one relationship. You've got to let me have that relationship. No, no, Paul says that we let the Holy Spirit have influence and access and guide every aspect of our lives. 
every aspect of our lives. We let the Holy Spirit be the greatest influence in our lives. And let me flip this for you as we end this morning. The fourth thing is be influential as the Spirit leads you. Because you see, as the Holy Spirit leads us and we tune into his guidance and we follow his direction, it's only natural that we're going to become more and more like him, that he's gonna put people in our lives that are gonna make us more like Jesus. But who has God placed you in someone's life to make more like Jesus? Maybe you're a parent in this room and your responsibility is to be that influence in your child's life and make them like Jesus. Maybe you're a grandparent and God is saying, I'm asking you to be that influence that is led of the Holy Spirit in their life. Maybe you're influential in your job. Maybe you own your company and God is saying, I'm giving you this position so that you can be influential as the Holy Spirit guides you. It's important that we are led of the Holy Spirit, surrounded by people who are making us like Jesus, but it's also important that we are making other people like Jesus as well. Not that we can do it, but the Holy Spirit does it through us. Be influential as the Spirit leads you. Paul said this, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. He says the same thing later in his writings to Timothy as well. So the question that we close with this morning is then this, who's emulating you? Who's trying to be like you? Who's following your lead? Not just what influences are having access to your life, but who are you having influence over? That's a privilege. That's a responsibility. That's a great obligation to lead others to Jesus. Influence is so important. And honestly, if I didn't love you so much, I just want to keep preaching to you until about noon because we could keep talking about this, but you'd be mad at me for holding you because you're going to get hungry and game doesn't start till five so we got plenty of time right it's honestly it's so important who has influence in our lives and who we're influencing through our lives but you know where this all starts is allowing the holy spirit to influence us making jesus christ the lord of our lives I invite you to bow your head for just a second. And if you've never welcomed the influence or the presence of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit into your life, this is your morning. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. We saw people baptized this morning publicly declaring, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm making him Lord and Savior of my life. He gets full influence in me. I want to give you that same opportunity this morning. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to encourage you to welcome his influence and presence in your life. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I just want you to just lift your hand and acknowledge, hey, that's me. Pray for me. Would you do that now? If you want to say yes to Jesus this morning, welcome his presence and influence, just lift your hand and say, that's me. That's me. Pray for me. Thank you. I already see a hand that's gone up. You might be watching us online. You can put the word yes in your chat box. Say, yes, I'm welcoming the Spirit's influence. So the Bible says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So I want to invite all of us to pray this prayer together this morning. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned. I've lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now if you would, just in this attitude of reverence and worship, would you just stand to your feet all across this house if you're able? We're gonna pause for just a second. We're gonna bow our heads before the Lord one more time and we're gonna close. I'm gonna turn my mic off. I was playing this great song called Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here. And I just want you to make this prayer. Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Would you guide me? I welcome your influence. I welcome your leading. And let's just tune into the Holy Spirit for just a few moments. Let's give space and opportunity for the Holy Spirit to direct us. Come on, would you do that now? Let's bow our heads. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do that. Direct us, Lord.
God is doing something extremely special here in this spirit church body, but also in the bigger body of Christ. And it's such an honor to just be a part of that. So would you tune into his spirit going forward? And throughout the week, would you just say, Holy Spirit, I'm listening. Would you speak to me? Invite the Holy Spirit into your life day in and day out. Hey, I have a few announcements for you guys before we say the prayer of blessing this morning. And the first one is this. Tonight we have our Next Generation Ministries meeting here on site. For youth, doors are going to open at 5 o'clock because there's some kind of big game happening that I can't say the name of because of copyrights and trademarks or something like that. And so there is a big game watch party that will be occurring here on site for our 6th through 12th graders. We're going to have free pizza and there's going to be a ton of snack opportunities for them. Make sure your students 6th through 12th grade come and connect and hang out with us for that. And then also as you guys leave today, there is a bake sale slash silent auction happening in the commons area all of the proceeds from this bake sale and silent auction go to help our students go on a mission trip to denver colorado and so if you're interested in supporting them and maybe you want a good snack for this afternoon i'd encourage you to stop by and check it out but besides that, i just want to pray a prayer blessing over us all if you'll lift your hands towards heaven may the lord bless you and protect you may the lord smile on you and be gracious to you May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.